welcome everyone into the assembly, the gathering. And uh, <coughs> takes a while, really. Obviously, we can bring our bodies here, but to get the heart and mind to distill from the many, many things we've been involved with, the resonances, the ripples, the memories, the moods, the uncomplete business, all that uh, ripple. And we're just gathering a pool where that ripple can be allowed to wash through and steady and settle. And this is not a a small process. It's a process that we use our bodies, our breath, our heart, our voice, and each other for a sense of collectedness, togetherness. These are all have a heart tone to them. Tone of uh, uh, it's heart tone. Mm. The Buddhist word is is sadha. Uh, so it trans- roughly translated as faith, or uh, so it has different different um, tones to it and. Uh, First is a kind of tentative quality of, well, try, and then comes more ripened into, yeah, I really feel, you know, more commitment, and it becomes confidence. But the the single theme that runs through it is is aspiration. Mm. And so sadhar is uh, it's faith, but it's also it's not just the belief in something; it's a particular heart potency is that we have this potential to aspire. Mm. What we aspire to is a second, secondary topic, but this is the nature of humans. Mm. Unlike other creatures who have strong motivations, obviously, and strengths and intelligence, particular quality of humans is the human heart as it can aspire. And... Uh, Perhaps I don't need to explain that word. Mm. The feeling, you know, there's an energy there, certain resonance, brightening, vigor, strength, opening. Mm. This is a wonderful, uh, precious gift that we have. Mm. And we need to uh, treasure and protect that. Because one of the uh, great tragedies for human beings is this quality gets placed onto objects that are not worthy of it. Mm. You know, becomes a desire for things that we can never really achieve. Mm. But the one thing we can achieve <laughs> is, is awakening. Many ways, you know, happiness in this world is, you know, to a degree possible, but um, pleasure, no, some, but not all of it. Mm. Um, We look at what we're with, with, uh, you know, political, social, economic, 
forces which are deeply disappointing at times. Uh, do we need to, you know, collect our hearts to something which will give it strength and and not uh, and renate actually? This is sadha, aspiration. Mm, one thing we can aspire to is in the pure heart itself. So the quality of sadha is a sense of the heart finding a foundation and being able to open without fear, without uh, uh, grasping. And heart is something, um, it's an aspect or one of the most accessible aspects of what we call citta, which can also be translated as awareness or mind or even spirit. Um, uh, and this this quality, and this is a quality that can be purified, uh, strengthened, uh, be a tremendous resource for us, take us through difficult times and opens and liberates and releases itself in the process called awakening or enlightenment. Mm. So this is the, the, the thing. heart needs uh, to feel safe, so we bring a heart into this body. The job of this body is to stand as the protector. We can feel this form and we train our bodies to be steady, open and complete from the top of the head down to the soles of the feet heart can feel the presence of that. We will never, why mindfulness of body is so important, it creates a kind of a a ground that we can uh, feel is there for us. Without this, what do we have? Thought, uh, sensation, sounds that come and go, and ideas that come and go. Sense this dynamic living, breathing body gives it a, re- a location. Heart finds a, a location and an encouragement to open. You know, and how do we open heart? Well, chanting is one way. Because you know, you're chanting with chanting, you have to open your body and you open your voice in a particular way that's not really about making statements. It's about bringing forth tones, uh, heart tones. And here with the chanting here is steady. It's a um, certain calming, steady, brightening quality. <coughs> it encourages heart to open and to be present because uh, Heart is not really an object, it's a subject. A subject. It is not something we can see exactly or detect. 
It's something we can be. And so we cultivate being heartful. And then we can use these forms as uh, relational experiences. So relating to Buddha, the awakening, the both the person themselves to what they stood for, um, their conduct, their peacefulness, their integrity. And we can awake, we form relationship with Dhamma. We resonate with uh, the qualities of the Dhamma, its immediacy, its uh, um, timelessness, its purity, its integrity. And we awaken to the quality, we relate to the qualities of Sangha. And with these uh, chanting, one of the primary chants is just to um, to bring those to mind. Mm-hmm. So with the quality of heart, what you relate to um, potentizes. So if we relate to Buddha, the quality of Buddha, we resonate with it. It's the nature of heart. It's non, non-dualistic. It's what it touches. It begins to take on the quality of what it touches, what it uh, gives itself to, what it uh, resonates with. It takes on the tonal qualities and the imaging qualities and the potency. So what it resonates with. Um, this takes. This is definitely something that you know is, is a practice and a training. <coughs> doesn't happen just through saying a few words. It happens through this embodied quality and then recollecting, bringing the mind back and asking, what does this mean? What does integrity mean to me? Where, how do I know that experience? Uh, what does uh, um, you know, truthfulness mean to me? How do, I, how do I feel that experience? These are all, they're not that esoteric, uh, but to resonate with them time and time again until the heart begins to acquire those qualities as its primary form. This is as I will probably um, touch into the time to time. This is a wilderness training. <coughs> the Buddha lived in the wilderness. Uh, the disciples trained in the wilderness. Um, wilderness is both uh, uncharted, uh, dangerous, uh, don't know but it it asks you to wake up, to take care, to be attentive, to learn. Mm. It's not a place for fools. It's not a place where everything's nicely laid out. You've got to be aware. And yet it's also a place of tremendous vitality, life, uh, nature. Mm. We we were born, our species arose in the wilderness. Mm. And urbanization, 
has shaped us with profound intelligences of urbanization, but we've often lost many of the intelligences of the wilderness. And it, when we train in meditation, at least in the way I see it, we are in a way tr- wilderness training. Uh, and in one of the primary qualities uh, that go to this very day is um, you know uh, the the great teachers uh, many of them are trained and lived in the wilderness because of what it asked of them and because of what they had to put aside and the strength they had to bring forth one of their primary means of protecting and sustaining themselves is chanting they always spend hours every day chanting, setting up uh, potencies, um, visualizing. Um, so they feel, you know, well, if my body dies today, at least my heart will be established in a good place. And uh, they were not stupid people. Mm. They lived there and they survived there and they realized great truth there. And they took this on as this is, you know, uh, without this, without the arising of the full potency of one's faith, one is going in ill-prepared. The heart is not open, not completed, not strong. We get shaken by fear, doubt, anxiety, uh, and so forth, and then we start to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And of course, as you know, we're still living in the wilderness, really, aren't we? <laughs> So for the freedom from these heart um, afflictions, you know, we bring forth our faith and uh, we cultivate it and we use chanting and uh, the whole puja means praising, honoring, respecting as a way of fully entering into that um, uh, modality. So this morning, <coughs> We'll chant the what your sheets <coughs> the first section okay, we'll pages two through eight and we'll chant this in English. First of all, <coughs> so just some <coughs> coaching notes on chanting. So it's got a you, as you do it, you can feel if you get the sense of your, your softness of your belly, just pushing, pushing as it, it pushes, gently steadying, pushing the air from uh, up through your chest to open your throat, drop your shoulders, op- really open your throat. So it's like a open the throat as if it's sighing, yeah? Uh, and then you begin to just gradually operate the the voice box to get the resonances. Resonance is significant because they send an energy, subtle energy through the, the, the body, particularly through the chest and head. Um, there's a resonance, and the resonance has got a, a bright tone to it. So you want to pick that up on the bodily level. And... Uh, so then you use your breath and uh, 
the way you, you use your breath is you you fill, open your chest and fill, and you start breathing and the first, you know, half second or so you don't close your throat. You wait till the breath strong breath flow is just coming into its fullness. And then you then you operate your voice box around that. And as you sense you're getting to the end of your breath, you don't keep chanting to the last bit. You you sort of um, keep chanting till you get into the place where the breath is becoming more weak or completed. And then you you stop the sound and breathe in. Now, why when when we're doing this together, the great thing is that of course when your individual voice stops, then somebody else's is going on. So because we have different breath lengths, our differences, our differences help us to, to be together because when I, when I stop, you go on and so on. So uh, together we're much, um, we can complete this. So in other words, don't strain to get to the end of the line and don't hurry to get to the end of the line. Just take your time, respect the length of your, your breath and uh, the resonance of your throat and see if you can detect the the qualities of resonance as they happen in your body this in this um, recitation there are two or three tones and you can see them um, uh, here printed on the page to the low tone and then the one that isn't printed is the middle and then there's the higher tone with these particular marks on it so th- there's a slight waving of of um of sound and as you become more comfortable with it you get subtler qualities of of um in heart intonation which you will add for yourself in a way particular and then with this you, we, as we go through this what you um, as you get again, as you cultivate it, you may notice at the end of it, like two or three phrases have just sort of lit up there. Maybe not all of it, but the fundamental quality: Buddha, awakening, uh, Dhamma, truth, order, path, uh, Sangha, integrity, commitment, effort. Um, one or two phrases may just have have kind of resonated, and then you you linger with that. Uh-huh. And you take it in, you recollect it, you take the meaning of that in. Uh, and that's that's what the chanting offers you today. So it's one phrase, two phrases, and you, you stay with that. Uh, what's How does that feel for me now? So in this way we use our, our brains as well to listen, pick up, and come back. You know, prick it. This is what we can do with our minds, is we can take the passing moment, catch it and re-establish it time and time again. Yeah. So clearly this is what uh, a lot of our meditation practice is about and this we use this chanting form for a similar purpose. It's called recollection. You recollect the triple gem. You take a particular quality, bring it to mind, reiterate it, get the feeling of it, how is it affecting you and let that have its effects. <coughs> okay, let's start with the offering.
Blessed one, the Lord, who fully attained perfect enlightenment to the teaching which he expounded so well, and to the blessed one's disciples who have practiced well, to these the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, we render with offerings our rightful homage. It is well for us that the Blessed One, having attained liberation, still had compassion for later generations. May these simple offerings be accepted for our long-lasting benefit and for the happiness it gives us. The Lord, the perfectly enlightened and blessed one, I render homage to the Buddha, the Blessed One. The teaching so completely explained by him, I bow to the Dhamma. Blessed ones, disciples who have practiced well, I bow to the Sangha. <coughs> now let us pay a preliminary homage to the Buddha. Homage to the blessed, noble, and perfectly enlightened one. Homage to the blessed, noble, and perfectly enlightened one. Homage to the blessed, noble, and perfectly enlightened one. Now let's chant in praise of the Buddha, the Tathagatang is the pure one, the perfectly enlightened one. He is impeccable in conduct and understanding, the accomplished one, the knower of the worlds. He trains perfectly those who wish to be trained. 
He is teacher of gods and humans. He is awake and holy. In this world with its gods, demons and kind spirits, its seekers and sages, celestial and human beings, he has by deep insight revealed the truth. He has pointed out the Dhamma, beautiful in the beginning, beautiful in the middle, beautiful in the end. He has explained the spiritual life of complete purity in its essence and conventions. I chant my praise to the Blessed One. I bow my head to the Blessed One. Chant in praise of the Dhamma, the Dhamma is well expounded by the Blessed One, apparent here and now, timeless, encouraging investigation, leading inwards to be experienced individually by the wise. I chant my praise to this teaching. I bow my head to this truth. No. Chant in praise of the Sangha. They are the Blessed One's disciples who have practiced well, who have practiced directly, who have practiced insightfully, those who practice with integrity, that is, the four pairs the eight kinds of noble beings. These are the Blessed One's disciples. Such ones are worthy of gifts, worthy of hospitality, worthy of offerings, worthy of respect. They give occasion for incomparable goodness to arise in the world. I chant my praise to this Sangha. I bow my head to this Sangha.
This morning I'd like to bring forth the ten parami. If you go about halfway through your books, your sheets, you'll find this ten parami. Move into the Pali language. Qualities are written there in English. We are recollecting. Just to give you a little guide on on pronunciation of Pali, which you'll probably pick up just by listening, is uh, essentially the vowels. Um, and uh, you see some have lines on top. When they have a line on top of it, it's a long sound. Ah and e and when uh, and if they don't have a line on it then most of them would be short such as it it dippy dana pa ra me so the short a is very short um so just almost like a uh between two consonants and the long one is a very different sound ah the o is always long so it's a very rounded complete and we have to be um, conscious of the fact that often uh, in our speaking we, we, we cut off the ends of words we slur onto the next so when you're making an O sound at the end of word really give it some sampano so so it's uh, fully uh, completed and the if we find any E but if it occurs, it's also long. Ne. So on the third one, pronunciation, you have ne kamma. And we'll talk about the consonants in due course. But let's uh, see where this one can go. Take us today. <coughs> and the simple meaning is the Blessed One has uh, um, fully completed these uh, three, all these qualities. Yeti pitana parami sampan no so pagawang yeti pitana wupa parami pano so pagawang yeti pitana paramata parami pano so pagawang yeti pisila parami Bana no so pagawang yetipisi la wupa parami sampana no so gawang yetipisi la paramata parami bana no so pagawang yetipine kama parami Bana no so pagawang yetipine kama wupa parami. Bana no so pagawang 
ติปิเนกามปารมัตตปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิปัญญาวุปรมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิปัญญาวุปปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิปัญญาปารมัตตปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิบริยปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิบริยวุปปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิบริยปารมัตตปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิคันติปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิคันติยุปปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิคันติปารมัตตปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิสัจปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิสัจวปปารมีบรรโอสุหปกวังเอติปิสัจปารมัตตปารมีสุหปกวังเอติปิยติฐานปารมีสัมปันโอสุหปกวังติปิยติฐานวุปปารมีสัมปันโอสุหปกวังเอติปิยติฐานรมาตบารมีสัมปันโนสุปกวังเอติปิเมตารมีสัมปันโนสุปกวังเอติปิเมตวุปปารมีพันโนสุปกวังเอติปิเมตาปารมาตพระมีสัมปันโนสุปกวังเอติปิโยเปกปารมีพระนโนสุปกวังเอติปิโยเปกปารมสัมปันโนสุปกวังเอติปิโยเปกปารตบารมีสัมปันโนสุปกวัติ